0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Quick Connect podcast, the show that is about giving you the best insights and advice on leadership and leadership development. Now, let's jump right into today's episode. In a world where there are too many podcasts, only one person can bring balance to the chaos. It's time for the Quick Connect podcast. Please welcome your host, the Senior Vice President of Services, Tim Rogers. Welcome back to another invigorating episode of the Quick Connect Podcast, where we delve into the art of leadership and the subtleties that make us effective in both our professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Tim Rogers, and today we're going to explore a topic that's both nuanced and incredibly relevant, how humble leaders can command authority without seeming egotistical or domineering. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about authority figures, it's easy to picture that stereotypical boss, someone kind of loud, maybe uh, charismatic, maybe even a little bit intimidating. But in today's evolving landscape of leadership, the rules are changing for sure, 100%. Humility is gaining traction as a highly respected leadership quality. But let's get real. Can a humble leader really assert authority and take charge of a room? Is it possible to strike that delicate balance? So to dig deeper into that, we've invited a special guest. I'll get to that in just a second, but we want to shed light on this fascinating paradox. So we've asked one of SCI Direct's most effective leaders to join us today to talk about being humble while being in charge, right? While taking a room, while being able to dictate what's happening in a room. So with strategies and tactics that humble leaders use to get the job done, earn the respect of their team and make impactful decisions and yes, command a room, all without the bravado or ego that we've been conditioned to expect. So sit tight, grab your notepad, or just tune in while you're in your commute and get ready for an insightful discussion that might just reshape how you perceive leadership in today's world. So now it's time for our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a special treat on the Quick Connect podcast. With us is a tremendous leader in this industry. who brings us unparalleled wealth of experience and insights. Robert Gazelle, the vice president of services at SCI Direct. Before Robert says hello and we get into our conversation, let me give you a little background on Robert. He's had a great career. Started in 1993 as a funeral director in Dallas. Robert's accumulated an awe-inspiring 30 years in the industry. Long time. It's been a long time. 30 years. Been a pillar at SCI Direct. Started out in 2010 with Neptune Society as a service manager. Worked his way up through the ranks as a regional manager, an assistant vice president, and now in his current role as vice president of services. He has bridged the divide between sales and admin and the services team while overseeing two specific pivotal teams himself: the service operations team and the system operations specialist team. Both groups, which report directly to him, Robert. Welcome to the show. How are you? Yes, thank you, Tim. Thank you for having me on. So glad to be here. Excellent, excellent. You know, I had some other notes here, real quick. I don't want to. I don't want to get you too, get you going too fast. here. known for his humble brand of leadership. That's one of those things that I wrote down. That that uh, your uh, reputation precedes you. Um, you know, not just elevated in his department through your growth and customer satisfaction. You're one of those guys I know working close with you that it's always about the customer experience and the employee experience. And I think that's what makes you a great leader and why you connect so well to many on your team. You've worked to help create a workplace that is envy of many. We've had a lot of people that have come and joined the team because they've heard the rumor that people like Robert who have leadership roles are helping take care of the right way to do things, right? With the customer and with the employee. So everybody sit back. We're gonna talk to Robert, ask him some some incredible questions. I think they might be incredible. I don't know, Robert, you're gonna have to tell me if they're incredible. We're gonna take a journey about your leadership strategy. So welcome to the show. We're thrilled to have you. Awesome, thank you. All right, so before we jump into the questions, we gotta do what we always do, right? And that is quote of the day. Here is a little wisdom, knowledge, and enlightenment to take with you. It's time for the Quick Connect quote of the day. So let's jump in here. No man will make a great leader who wants to do it all himself or to get all the credit for doing it. That quote comes from Andrew Carnegie. What does that quote mean to you, Robert? That's a great quote, Tim. To me, it means, you know, great leaders
1: recognize the value of teamwork and they're really not seeking to get any of the credit. You know, I believe as leaders, we should be extremely generous in in giving credit and full recognition to where it's due. And that's to the people who've actually earned it. You know, as leaders, we should always remember to put our people first because, you know,
0: any true successes that we do have is most often related to our team. Yeah, a great answer. I, I think when I think about that, I also think about a, a quote I heard a long time ago and that was more gets done when you don't care who gets credit. That's correct. So if you share that and you work that through the team, like you suggested, more can truly get done. And we don't leave that percentage of opportunity on the table, right? Uh, because you got everybody engaged and involved. So we know that, you know, years ago, there was that kind of archaic leader, brash, loud, um, had to own the room had to kind of be in control and take credit for everything probably blamed for nothing things have changed over time I don't think we're all the way there, but I, I think the idea of a blend of humility and Authority may sound a little bit contradictory, but it's captivating the tension of of organizations globally a lot of organizations in, in, Including I guess ours over the years have moved to that idea of it's about how you talk to people how you relate to people um, how you raise people up versus just saying my title's bigger or my voice is louder within the room. So if we can imagine a leader like yourself who exudes quiet confidence or whose words still carry weight without being overbearing, when you speak, people listen, not because they have to, because they want to. So let me, let me take off right into a question from that. In what ways can a leader develop and embody the qualities of a quiet confidence and silent magnetism? Is it emotional intelligence or a genuine concern for others? What, 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 I mean, how do you take that? What do you think?
1: Yes, Tim, uh, certainly emotional intelligence and uh, genuine concern of others come into play as a component of quiet confidence. But to me, quiet confidence is just simply a uh, a demonstration of our real confidence or true confidence that we have. And what I mean by that is that, uh, you know, real confidence doesn't always come in the form of, you know, someone, as you mentioned earlier, you know, that's loud or charismatic. Uh, to me, it comes you know, from, you know, your internal belief in your own capabilities and your own values and skills. It's when you know your own value and don't need that constant praise or attention to validate you as a leader. You know, uh, what's kind of funny, Tim, uh, what comes to mind as we're talking about this is I recently watched a a rerun of the classic movie Karate Kid uh, with Ralph Macchio, if you will. You know, when I think of the quiet confidence, this makes me think of that character in that movie, Mr. Miyagi. You know, mo- most most people have seen it, but if you haven't watched it, he was a, a karate master and he didn't need to boast about his skills. And he went about his day very humbly, right? Internally, he knew he was really good as a karate master, but he only exposed his capabilities and his skills when the situation arose for them to be showcased. And each time they worked him, you know, those de- demonstrations of his skills were so impactful and impressive because it was coming from someone who just was so unassuming and, and never talked about you know what skills that he possessed and the most interesting thing about that is that you know uh, it was never about him when he did showcase those abilities he just used those skills at the proper time and place to help somebody else so taking a page out of mr miyagi's book when it comes to quiet confidence i don't believe it's necessary to brag about our abilities you know what you know and over time and in different situations along the way others are going to discover and learn of your talents and skills when you use them in relevant moments and to lead and support others. And that in itself, I believe will speak volumes of who you are and the confidence that you possess and the respect that you'll earn in the process from your team.
0: You know, Robert, I I agree 100% with what you're saying there. There's a lot of of, um, points in there I got to start with this first point though, first, you just dated the both of us. You just went back to a classic movie and I knew it. So you just dated both of us, but I mean, that's okay. This, this podcast is all about open uh, and honesty, right? So we're all good with that, but I think you dated us. I want to go back a second to the last podcast where we had Colonel Doan and one of the things he talked about the military gentleman, uh, 25 years of uh, Colonel and, and he talked about humility, right? As a leadership trait. And as you're talking, I'm kind of thinking about that, that that humility and that humbleness and that quietness, but yet being ready to go when the time comes, which brings me to my second question. How does the concept of humble assertiveness challenge traditional ideas about leadership? And can you provide an example um, from your own experience?
1: Absolutely, well, well, in my opinion, humble assertiveness is just an example of vulnerable leadership, Tim. Uh, just knowing exactly who I am at my core and having that self-awareness of any gaps in my knowledge and recognizing all my leadership imperfections, you know, and just being humble enough to realize that my success as a leader really depends on, on my team that I lead. And for me, the humble assertiveness comes from just being mission focused while I'm being mindful of my team's ability under my imperfect leadership. And I always try to focus uh, on collaborating with others when it comes to finding solutions to problems together but no matter how friendly I am with my team, I sometimes have to make those unpopular decisions in my day-to-day operations because, uh, you know, those need to be made because that's part of the re- uh, responsibility of being a leader. And when those types of decisions are being made, you know, respect is being earned with my team because I'm making those hard calls for the greater good of the mission or the organization. But, you know, you know, Tim, throughout my career, there's, there's also uh, been a few people that have tried to put me in that traditional style leadership box, if you will, uh, you know, saying that I need to be more of this or do more of that, but I've never really been a follower of things that deter me from always being my true self, my authentic self, because at the end of the day, it's really about uh, being relatable, impactful, and just effective in my responsibility as a leader while truly caring about my team. And if I'm finding success through my team with my current leadership style, There's really no reason to change for the sake of change just to fit someone else's idea of a stereotypical leader.
0: Yeah, you know, what I was thinking about as you were explaining that was that idea that um, I'm true to myself, I'm my authentic self, and I'm gonna make mistakes and I'm okay with being wrong. You know, especially if I'm spending that time being wrong with my team and we're bouncing it off a whiteboard or we're having interactions and discussions because my title may be X, but their input is more important. And if you're doing that and they know that you have that confidence of where you're at and the confidence in them of what they're bringing to the table, I, I think that's a really important key to that in terms of that that humble assertiveness is that it starts with, I, it's okay if I'm wrong. I, I'm, I'm good with that, right? And that's like you said, that's being authentic self because we're all we're all imperfect, you know, and, and our leadership is imperfect and we're, we're all just trying to get it done. So when you talk about humility, it isn't just a tone, it's also about the actions. Um, these types of leaders share credit, as we were just talking about. They value the team's collective success over individual glory, right? Things that we were just talking about. But doing so not to only build an environment of trust and respect, but also to fortify their own authority in a non-egotistical manner. They sidestep pitfalls of arrogance and domineering behavior. They employ specific tactics to exert influence. Things that you've been doing for 10, 20, and 25 years in different leadership positions. And it changes the way the culture is in the business where you're at, right? In the new age of leadership, humility and authority coexist versus it having to be one or the other. Like you said, when somebody thinks it was just humility or you being humble, they try to put you in a box. And when it's somebody who's only focused on authority, it's self-focused, not mission-focused, right? Well, these two can coexist. So with that in mind, let me ask you a couple more additional questions. What specific tactics might a leader employ to exert influence while keeping their ego in check? Well, Tim, as you already
1: know, the the higher the responsibility that's placed on us on on leaders, as leaders, you know, I humbly believe that, um, you know, as they say, we, we rise by lifting others. And as I mentioned before, the best leaders are humble enough to realize that their success depends upon the people on their team. You know, as leaders, we can exert our influence and still remain humble just by living that mantra. It's not about me. It's about we. It's that outward focus to others. And that, you know, can be done uh, by looking for ways to add value to people by teaching, coaching, mentoring, and just sharing our wisdom, you know, because Tim, somewhere along the way, someone taught you and took the time to share their knowledge with you and gave you an opportunity to gain real experience. So something additional that I personally do to add value to people is something that I really don't advertise much. But what I personally like to do is what I call small acts of leadership kindness by doing five minute favors, if you will. And what I mean by that is that every day I try to look for random opportunities to help somebody by providing some form of guidance or imparting some of my wisdom or just offering a simple word of encouragement maybe to somebody that, that uh, would literally take me just about five minutes or less without any expectations of anything back in return. And I do this not just in my professional world, Tim, but in my, my personal life. You know, just imagine if you were the recipient of one of these unexpected five-minute favors that I call, like I just mentioned, just out of the blue, just someone coming by or reaching out to you completely unsolicited and taking the time to give you a knowledge dump uh, or an encouraging word when you may need it from a leader or somebody that you may hold in high regard. How do you think that would make you feel? You know i've I've been a recipient of some of those moments during my career and those brief brief moments with those people have been so powerful and it really meant a a lot to me even to this day and it wasn't just the advice or wisdom that they shared with me but how that person made me feel afterwards that i really mattered you know there are so many gestures like that that we can do for others uh, not necessarily just for our team but just those in our circle that just really don't take too much time out of our day but these small gestures can really leave a huge impact on people and can exert our influence as a leader. But it's also important to mention that, you know, doing these things are not meant to be seen publicly or done for any any sort of attention. The intent is to create lasting impacts on the lives of people and, and their careers. And just the realization of that will leave you as a leader feeling fulfilled
0: and definitely keeps any egos that, you know, you may or may have or not have into check. Right. You know, what? something I was thinking about when you were saying that I was reading or talking to somebody uh, who's not in a leadership position. They don't have a leader, leadership in their title or management, in their title. And they were talking, we were talking about the podcast and they said, well, you know, this is about leadership. You know, I listened to it, but I haven't listened to a lot of it. And I think you just made a great point there. You didn't say you have to be a leader to to exhibit or to, to deliver a, a moment of kindness, a five minute moment of kindness for somebody. And I think one of the takeaways I was hearing from you is that Again, whether it's in your title or not, you can grow and help others around you and grow yourself by delivering that five minutes of kindness, that kind act. And it doesn't matter your title, it's impactful, right? And, it, and it's, it's influential. And I think that's something that all of us as leaders and folks who want to be leaders need to grab a hold of, is that that five minutes of kindness can make the difference between somebody truly wanting to follow you, what I say, up the hill and through the fire, or wanting to get into a leadership type role because they have a great understanding of that interaction. Correct. Excellent, so when you think about this new age portrait of leadership that intertwines the humility and, and authority, what lessons can be drawn from it besides the ones we've kind of talked about? As you move forward in your career, how are you, let's say, putting that style, now that we've kind of linked them together? Because maybe maybe you were doing it before, but maybe it wasn't linked, right? Now that, it, now that you have more of an awareness, we both do, and then hopefully all of our listeners do, what other things might you do going forward that will keep those linked?
1: Yeah, Tim, that's another great question. So our legacy as leaders is not going to be the profits and revenues that we've made or the or the goals and targets that we've achieved, but I believe it's the lives that we've impacted along the way. You know, leading with humility means that we're recognizing that, you know, we're just not on this earth just to see how important or successful we as leaders can become, but to see how much difference we can make in the lives and careers of others. You know, there's lots of lessons to be learned from humility and and leadership, but I believe a few of them for me are, you can lead with heart and still be mission-focused. You can be assertive by embracing changes and still being authentic. You can get things accomplished because you know your stuff well, and you don't need to feel the, the need to tell people what you're going to do. You actually show people what you can do. And you always, always value your people, both in your professional and personal lives, by investing your wisdom and time into them, because the return on that investment will be immeasurable and priceless. And I'll end with this, Tim. You know, we as leaders should always incorporate some form of humility in our leadership styles and have the mindset to leave a place
0: and or a person better than we found them. That last, Tim, it really is, is, hits the nail on the head. You got to leave it better than you found it. As this paradigm of humble leadership gains traction, it's vital to recognize that it also necessitates a cultural shift within organizations themselves. Not every organization is up to this task yet. It's still, a, it's still a process. It's a work in progress, if you will. It's not just about the leader adapting their style, but it's also about creating a work environment where this brand of leadership can thrive. Because you've got to have guardrails, but they've got to be spread out enough where people can, can come in with different approaches to leadership and be successful Dialogue has to be encouraged. Mistakes are seen as opportunities for growth. I always say, let somebody fall, skin the knee, help them back up and get them going again, right? Uh, there has to be a hierarchy that doesn't stifle innovation or contribution. So in such a setting, a humble leader serves as a catalyst and can really drive that work environment. So great discussion, Robert. Uh, a lot of good takeaways there, a lot of good nuggets for our listeners. Kind of takeaway again, whether you're thinking about getting into leadership or want to, or if you've you know, been in leadership for 30 years, um, or close like yourself. Um, who's still working at perfecting it every day because because um, we are imperfect and our leadership is as well. So uh, I appreciate that. So now, before I let you go, now it is the time for the world famous lightning round. The world famous Quick Connect lightning round. The lightning round is where I'm going to make five statements or questions, and you have to respond with one word. You may have heard about this. The lightning round is pretty famous. Globally, I don't know, it might be a stretch, but uh, it's, a, it's pre- pretty famous. So we're, we're going to talk about, we're going to do the lightning round with you and have some fun. Is that fair? Okay, let's do this. All right, let's do it. Number one, describe your leadership style without using the word humble. Transparent. Ooh, transparent. Nice. I like it. Number two, what is the key to helping people feel purposeful, motivated, and energized? Integrity. Integrity. See, that, one's, that was actually, that's a pretty tough question right there. Good call. Number three, what mindset do effective leaders adopt to best serve their employees? Grateful. Gratefulness, yep, yep, I'm with you there. Thought you might go servant heart. him Gra- that's two words. That's, t- oh, that is two words, all right, all right. All right, I'm breaking my own rules over here. Number four, what is the core quality that humble leaders embody? Compassionate. Compassion, very fair. And the last one, I know you like to barbecue and smoke mates. it's summertime. What is your signature dish on the smoker?
1: That'll be smoked brisket, Tim.
0: Smoke brisket. guy from Texas doing smoked brisket. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely shocked. Hey, Robert, thanks for being on the show today. I know and I am sure that our listeners um, appreciate your insights and that they were able to grab some nuggets to enhance their own leadership. Whether again, they're looking to get into leadership or have been for 30 years. I know that you put enough insights out there today that there is a nugget to grab. So thank you so much for joining the show today. It's been a fantastic conversation. and You're much appreciated. Thank you, Tim. I enjoyed being here. You bet. All right, everybody, so thank you for tuning in to today's Quick Connect podcast episode. We've explored the transformative power of humble assertiveness and leadership, a style that combines authority with emotional intelligence to build trust, enhance productivity, and reshape organizational culture. So remember, if you have manager or leader in your title or not, If you're a mother or a father, grandfather or grandmother, an aunt and uncle, a big brother, or big sister, or just a really good friend, if you have influence and impact, you are a leader. Catch you next time. You have just listened to the Quick Connect podcast with your host, Tim Rogers. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.